the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Another five-minute mystery. An anniversary party is going on at the Brown household around the corner. One of the guests, George Taylor, pauses while eating his dessert. Mmm, best lemon pie I've ever tasted, Mary. Oh, really? I wish my wife could do as well. Hey, it doesn't look as if Sam is appreciating it much, though. Goodness, dear, is my cooking that bad? Sam, your head is practically in your plate. I guess he's fallen asleep, everyone. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's all right. Sam, Sam, sit up. Sam, it's dreadful. I'd better shake him. Sam, Sam! Great guns, he's dead. How do you do? I'm Sergeant Barker of the Homicide Division, and this is one of my boys, Mike Grady. Where's the body? In the dining room at the table. We didn't move him. Hmm. Might as well be comfortable, everybody. This will take just a little while. Hmm. Dead, all right. Peaceful, too. Who's Mrs. Sam Brown? I am. You mind telling me what happened? I guess not. I'm so shocked. I don't know where to begin or what to tell you. Well, you might as well begin by telling me what you serve for dinner. Well, uh... We had soup first. Soup? What kind? Mushroom. And then roast chicken, green peas, mashed potatoes, and I served him coffee. But I don't see how this could mean anything. Just routine, Mrs. Brown. Did Mr. Brown eat everything? Yes. Yes, he did. He seemed to fall asleep over his coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I tried to wake him, I found he's had a heart attack. Yeah, that'll be all for a few minutes, Mrs. Brown. We want to take a look around. Uh, notice anything about this table, Mike? No, Chief. Can't say as I do. Neither do I. Let's look in this kitchen. 
An orderly person, isn't she? Stacked dishes after each course. Yes, and here's the silverware over here. Ah, look. Look, Chief. One of these soup spoons has turned black. Black? Let me see it. The only spoon that's tarnished, too. Well, I was beginning to think it was a heart attack or the perfect murder. But this silver soup spoon is evidence enough. Uh, Mrs. Brown? Yes, Sergeant Barker? I'm sorry to interrupt your little party, Mrs. Brown, but I'm sure your guests won't mind. Uh, I don't understand. You will, Mrs. Brown, you will. You see, you're under arrest for the murder of your husband. Do you know why Sergeant Barker accused Mrs. Brown of murder? In a moment, we'll hear the solution. And now, back to our story. Sergeant Barker, how do you know it was homicide? Well, Mrs. Brown took careful pains to wash the soup pans and soup dishes before she served the rest of the meal. Yeah, I can see that. But she forgot one thing, to wash the silver soup spoons. What she didn't realize was that an hour later, by the end of dinner, the spoon her husband had used to eat his toadstool soup would give her away. She didn't know that toadstools make silver turn black. Mrs. Brown almost committed the perfect murder. But she forgot to wash one spoon. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Sean Cantwell, Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. We hope you've enjoyed this mini-mystery. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a producer, actress, parenting expert, and regular contributor to Zoomer Magazine. Uh, She's also the owner of Chantilly's Place, a marina in Ontario's Kawartha region. And uh, she's raised three, quote, fully functioning young adults, (laughs) unquote, and splits her time between the Lake Toronto and Los Angeles and is also, in fact... uh, a celebrity wife, and how she found time to write a book, and uh, let alone speak to me, is uh, something we're going to get to the bottom of here in just a moment with the author of Raising Your Kids Without Losing Your Cool, Chantel Bisson. Chantel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. <laughs> I Now, you're... Splitting your time between Toronto and Los Angeles, that seems like kind of a weighty commute. Uh, 
It is a weighty commute. Actually, I just returned from L.A. on Saturday. So, um, but, you know, with the COVID restrictions and whatnot, they're not allowing anybody to fly directly into Canada. So um, it was a very lengthy <laughs> to get home. And now I'm on my 14-day quarantine. So it's a good time to just settle in, though, and get a lot of work done. <laughs> well, yeah, I would think you would have to take advantage of times like that with all the hats that you're wearing. And <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned you're a celebrity wife, and, and I do want to mention the fact that uh, you're married to um, Yannick Bisson, who is uh, probably known to some, if not all of my listeners, as uh, Detective William Murdoch in the Murdoch Mysteries in its 14th season, actually just wrapping up its 14th season on the Ovation Network. Um yeah. How do you how do you manage to run a marina, write a book, raise kids, and do all the things that are expected of uh, a celebrity wife? Well, I think the fortunate thing is we're Canadian, so there's not a whole lot of celebrity appeal. <laughs> they really don't like you to be a celebrity in Canada, so they try to keep you humble. Um, so there's not a whole lot going on as far as that. I mean, most of our requirements, you know, with him being Murdoch and that side of our lives um, are the hats that we wear for all our philanthropic work for our charitable endeavors. So, you know, whenever we're out and about and red carpeting it, up uh, in Canada, it's usually more to do with um, our charity work, you know, and raising funds for the various organizations we're involved with. So that's really where we, you know, get decked out and go and glam up. But as far as, like, you know, uh, film openings and stuff like that, there's not a whole lot of that that happens around here. And, you know, there's not paparazzi either. So you, you go to dinner, you can wear your top knot, or you can have a blowout at it all depends on what you're feeling that day. <laughs> no worry that somebody's going to get you. Go, oh wow! You know, get a shot of you. Go, oh wow! She looks haggard and tired. So it's a little bit of a cool thing, you know. You get the you get the perks of being quote unquote a celebrity without all the hassles. So that's that's the that's you know, part of my job, to be honest with you. But uh, you know, I think the way I was able to write the first book, raising your kids without losing your cool, because. My girls are all grown, you know, and two don't even live with us anymore. One actually is grown and married and pregnant with our first grandchild, which will be born in August. Oh, congratulations. Um, girl, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if uh, if the ultrasounds are telling the truth, we're going to have a little grandson soon. So we're really excited. Um, and then our middle girl lives in Los Angeles full time on her own. And our youngest goes back and forth with us because, you know, try as we might send her to all the best schools, sent them all to all the best schools that we could afford at the time. And, you know, they all ended up in creative endeavors. So the little one's um, also an actress. So she goes back and forth between L.A. and Toronto to auditioning and, and, and pursuing her acting career. So I had, a, I had a little bit more time on my hands than when they were at home and little, you know. So <laughs> that's why I was able to knock that book out. But um, I'm excited. Uh, my second book actually comes out on May 26th. So, yeah, I got that done, too. <laughs> Um, now is, is that, is that one called recovering from being a cool parent? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. It carries on the theme of like how to get through parenting without losing your cool. 
about teens. So it's uh, parenting your teens without losing your cool, which I, you know, some people that read the first book were a little, a little put out. They thought that, you know, I didn't say anything about teens or that I glanced right through it on the last chapter and just said, my kids turned out awesome. You know, do you have kids, Tom? I do. And, and I try not to remember their teens. <laughs> exactly right. So you know, okay. So you know, probably what I'm going to say next is that the first book was all about you know how to how to talk to your partner about well, where's baby even going to sleep? What are we going to call baby? Uh, color retaining the nursery. How do you get organized and get prepared to introduce a new human into your relationship? You know, so it was a lot of uh, prep work, and then you know, talking a little bit about getting them from birth to double digits. So you know, as a parent, you can understand that you don't put you know, drugs, alcohol, depression, like all the things that, you know, teens battle with or you're dealing with when you're raising them in the same book. It's like, oh, isn't it cute? They just crawled and said mama for the first time. So I, you know, I thought I did the, I thought I did parents a great service by not freaking them out. <laughs> parents, people are talking about teendom, you know, so. Um, that's why there's the second book coming out so quickly is uh, to help those parents that are in the throes of raising teens. Well, isn't the real tricky part about having teens is allowing them to grow up and test limits without uh, um, completely letting them run wild? Oh, 100%. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the, and that's the tricky thing, I think, with parenting period. And I think, you know, the whole reason I wrote the book in the first place is because I, I felt like parenting had gotten really permissive, you know, that in, in the pursuit of that, of allowing them to be their own humans and their individuality and express themselves and, and not to stifle and suppress, that we've gone too far in just complete permissiveness, you know, and then you end up with entitled children and children who don't understand the way the world actually works. Because, you know, I say this all the time when I talk about parenting, is like, whether we like it or not, the world operates the way it does. It's still quite black and white, and we're making great strides in, in getting people to kind of enjoy and, and understand the gray areas of certain matters. But the reality is, is like, if they have a, they have a job and they have, a, you know, a task that is expected to be due by a certain day or time, and it's not completed, well, that, you know, they're going to get written up for that at their job. You know, they're not going to get an extension. So, you know, I, I felt like parenting had really lost sight of what happens outside your four walls and what happens once they're grown and what, you know, how are they going to be out in the world. So um, certainly, you know, I think you lay the groundwork when they're younger and then you don't have to, that's why the first, it was intentional as the first one is called raising your kids and then the teen one is called parenting your teen because you do more and you know this, having gone through the teenies, you're not raising them so much. There aren't as many rules because the rules have already been established. So parenting them is more about guiding them and having conversations with them and, you know, helping them to, you know, see right from wrong and, and how to handle when they've blown it and stuff like that. So it's a very different way of, of, of being when your kids are bigger. So, um, yeah, and, and you know, you know, for parents, it's a really, really delicate band, but balance and dance um being in a house with teens i mean i can't say that enough <laughs> more with producer actress parenting expert celebrity wife and author chantelle bisson straight ahead 
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with producer, actress, parenting expert, celebrity wife, and author Chantel Bisson. Straight ahead. When you are splitting your time between Toronto and Los Angeles, um, why is that? I, I can't help thinking that maybe you're trying to spend the winter months in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, there is a little bit about that. Yannick's like, I'm too old now to live in the cold. I'm like, relax, just to see one. But um, no, well, there's, it's, it's twofold, really. Um, our youngest, okay, so we lived in L.A. many, many moons ago, um, back in, uh, I guess, 90, uh, 94, 95, and 96. We lived in L.A. while Yannick was shooting a TV series with Rick Sinfield called High Tide. Um, the first season shot in New Zealand, so we all lived there for um, almost a year and a half. And then the second and third season shot in well, second season shot in San Diego. The third season shot in Los Angeles. So we, when we were there shooting, we got pregnant with our third daughter, and she was actually born in LA. So she's an American citizen. And once we moved back to Toronto and raised the girls here, when she turned um, 17 and was ready to go to university, she got accepted at Pepperdine, which is in Malibu. So she went off there, and our middle girl had moved there because she is a, style, is a stylist, and she wanted to be where there was an abundance of work and opportunity. So, you know, we now had two children living in Los Angeles full-time. So we were like, okay, well, you know what? It's nice weather, and the industry is big here. Obviously, Yannick should have a presence there and should start trying to get some work because we kept thinking any day Murdoch was going to be over. I mean, you got to think back then that Murdoch was in season eight, I guess, and we were like, okay, well, they'll only do ten. I mean, there's no way they're going to go more than ten. Like, that's unheard of. So we're like, okay, let's buy a house while we, you know, while we can, while our credit's good, while you're not an out-of-work actor, you're out of land in work actor and let's do it let's just go for it and then we'll get to spend time with two of our girls that live there so that's how that came to pass and then yeah and then he just got hooked on not being there being here in the winters and it's just been our habit now we just go there even though the youngest like i said is you know back in toronto and there we only have the one girl our middle one there but i mean it's a you know, it's a pretty good gig if you can get it. And, um, you know, he's still out there trying to pursue U.S. work. So, you know, it is part of his job to be there. Well, and and that's interesting. Is Murdoch shot in Toronto or Los Angeles? Toronto. Yeah, it's a Canadian um, production. Actually, it, it's co-produced with um, the U.K. So, yeah, they shoot it here in Toronto. Um, they've been at the same studio forever and have a really cool backlot that's you know, obviously expanded over the years um, due to, you know, the the times changing. And it's it's interesting to watch because the show started in, in on, on, you know, you know, in the show, not in real life, but it started in 1894. So they're now um, 14 years in. So they're, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch electricity become a part of, you know, the landscape and the exterior shoots and stuff. It's been, it's really fun. It's really interesting to feel like you're, you're literally stepping back in time. And they've done an awesome job today, the, the writers in incorporating a lot of the big stories, you know, that happened 
um, during the time periods, like we had a great fire in Toronto that decimated most of our, our most of our city, and they they did that episode, and I, I think it's really cool to sort of relive it, you know, in 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 2021 to relive that that part of history. Yeah, I know. I know the first time I saw uh, Murdoch Mysteries, I, I was really impressed with the. Uh, with the writing and doing it as a, a period thing and factoring, mm. you know, big name people like Tesla and Edison and people like that yeah. from the era in and out of the storyline. And I couldn't help thinking, yeah. you know, there were so many things about how bright the, the character that, that uh, Yannick plays um, or Yannick and um, I, I couldn't help thinking it was like, the Canadian Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. I think they get that a lot. You know, um, they, I I think it's interesting that, um, you know, when they started Murdoch back 14 years ago, so I guess it, it, he got cast in 2007 and the first season went on air 2008. So, I mean, you know, when they were trying to sell the show to a network, Everybody's like, ugh, nobody wants period pieces. Are you out of your mind? No, forget it. So everybody turned them down, everybody, including some of the U.S. broadcasters. And then, you know, about three or four years into Murdoch, you started to see other cables, cable channels come up with, you know, um, period pieces and, and period shows. And it was really interesting to feel, you know, you know, we can't help but feel like, Murdoch played a part in that, you know, because it, it, it airs, it, it, even back then it was airing internationally. I mean, for the bulk of the existence of the series, it's been in 110, 120 countries, you know, so it's not, it's not, it's not unfair to give Murdoch that credit. And I think that that's a really cool thing to do. Because, you know, right now we're kind of in the time of television where everybody's going crazy about Shit's Creek. Like, Shit's Creek's the only Canadian show to do well ever yeah, um, on right. the planet. And it's, a, it, <laughs> and it's a great show. And I love Catherine. You know, love Catherine O'Hara. Um, and everybody on it is so talented. I'm not saying the show's not deserving of all the credit it's getting. But, you know, when you're like the little engine that could, that helps pave the way for Canadian television to go internationally, it, it is a little, it's a little bit of a sting, you know, like you, you're, gonna, you're like the big, you're, you're like the big brother and it's the baby sibling. That gets up <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as long as you started uh, pouring salt in, in the wound, um, <laughs> the, the character, William Murdoch is, is mm-hmm. so bright and, and so scientifically ahead of his time yeah. and, uh, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Do people expect, um, Yannick to be the same way? Well, he is, actually, which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, there are so many parallels with him. I mean, William's really, really uptight, and I think that that's why fans get so upset like, when I swear and they buy my book, and they're like, you swear, you're, you're Murdoch's like, No, I am not Murdoch's <laughs> I am, first and foremost, my own human being, and yes, I do swear, I do have colorful language, and, you know, and they get, you know, when Yannick has gotten upset over, you know, certain things going on in the world and and taken to his social media to express himself, you know, there's been some backlash, because 
people don't really understand the separation between performer and art, um, especially when it's such a beloved character, right? Such a such oh, a sure. such a good nature character, and and you know a character that takes people back to simpler times and. I mean, don't we all wish we could be in simpler times right now, especially these past um, 18 months? So I, I, I get the uproar, and I get why people have a certain level of expectation of behavior and decorum that they want from me. But the reality is, is you, you know, you're watching Murdoch Mysteries, and you're watching a man play a character, and that man has his own life, and his partner also has her own life and her own um, interests and way of living and moving through space and, and, and through her own journey. So, you know, we did get a lot more backlash in the beginning, I'd say. Um, when I first kind of, quote-unquote, came on the scene with my daily blog, and then, um, you know, I also have written a fiction book that I'm perpetually editing. <laughs> I don't know when and if it'll ever hit the shelves, but, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a... It's a, an erotic novel, you know what I mean? And people, a lot of people liked it, and a lot of people were like, oh, that's not Murdoch's life. It's a, you know, you have to remind people that you're, you're, these are characters that are being played on television and not real life. But that all said, there are so many parallels that Yannick shares with William Murdoch, which is fun. And, and part of that is that really geeky, nerdy science mind. You know, Yannick <laughs> loves to figure out how things work and why they work the way they do. And, you know, he can spend hours, you know, researching something at nauseam, and I'm like, I'm bored. I can't look at you. I got to get you out of this house. Either we're getting out of this house together, or we're getting out of this house separate. But one of us is not staying here anymore. So, um, yeah, he, he's very much, he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of um, similarities with William Murdoch. And, you know, one could kind of say, after playing him for, you know, what's going to be 15 seasons here now, starting uh, next month, um, you know, is it, 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 art imitating life or is uh, life imitating art, right? Yeah, and, and one last Murdoch question, and then I want to talk some more sure. about you and the marina and books and kids and grandkids and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, but I, I read somewhere, and, I, and I'm, I want to save some of this because I'm hoping to have Yannick on the show in the near future. Um, yeah. But uh, I read somewhere that um, Murdoch's Mysteries was one of the first big uh, TV productions to go back to work after the initial shutdown when the pandemic uh uh, started spreading. Um, yeah, it, was that is that a, a true fact, or is that one of those uh, um, well, urban legends? So, um, yeah, you know, we're kind of unsure. Like, we can't say hundred percent that Murdoch was the very first show to go back up into production, but I'm, we're confident that in Toronto it was because Toronto stayed locked down a little bit longer than Vancouver. We know people that were already shooting in Vancouver by the time Murdoch went production in august so um you know the the cool thing with what happened there is that yannick was scheduled to be the first director um of the season and the the awesome piece to that puzzle is that you know of course all directors are talented and they all have their skills and they wouldn't be working if they weren't great at it but yannick has you know that in line the the inside scoop on murdoch right obviously he's 
he is the character. He's an executive producer. He's been playing that character for, you know, at the time he's been playing it for 13 years. So to have somebody who knows the show so intimately lead the crew, and most of his crew has been with him since day one, but to lead the crew in such uncertain times, you know, with all the new mandates and all the new rules and regulations that to follow, um, you know, it, it really set a good tone and pace for the season and gave the crew really high morale and confidence, right? Because there was a lot of uncertainty as to whether or not they were going to be able to get anything good, you know? I mean, actors in masks between takes, all the crew in masks and, you know, having to socially distance. It, it was really, really stressful. And, you know, it was unsure how that was going to all work out and play out. But I think having Yannick at the helm to start the season during a pandemic, you couldn't have planned it even better, you know, a better situation, which, you know, luckily the way productions work, our directors are booked months in advance. So even prior to knowing that there was going to be a pandemic, Yannick had always been scheduled to do those episodes. And the reason for that is because he cannot act and direct once they're already in production because a director, they require so much of the director. They have to go on scouts. They have to do casting. They have to do um, storyboarding. Like, there's a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes work that directors have to do that's a full-time job. And once Yannick is Murdoch, um, you know, he doesn't have that luxury to be available to go for days on end going looking at locations to shoot. So it was really the best-case scenario in a worst production back in Canada and uh, in sorry in Toronto and certainly for his crew and they you know they got through it luckily with not even one single positive case during the whole season of shooting which is a miracle in and of itself but I think that has a lot more to do with how close the crew is and how mindful and respectful they all are like they all took their their um off uh off camera and off set um um, habits very seriously, you know, they were they were very careful to adhere to the mandates in order to, you know, protect their protect their workplace and to protect their jobs. So they were very, very lucky that they got, got through the season uh, unscathed, and let, hopefully they do it again here coming up on season 15. So we've got our fingers crossed. Um, Chantel, I, I, I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation that you're a producer, an actress, a celebrity wife, parenting expert, regular contributor to Zoomer magazine, author of uh, this um, this book, and I want to make sure I get the title right. Raising, it's a long one. <laughs> raising Your Kids Without Losing Your Cool. But I also mentioned that you were the owner of uh, Chantilly's Place, a marina mm-hmm. in... Uh, the Kawartha, I think I'm saying that right, region. Um, How has it been? Well, first of all, i got to ask you about the name, Chantilly's Place. Is that a play on the song title? (laughs) You know what? I think, no, it's my nickname. It's what (laughs) what Yannick nicknamed me. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Rick Springfield, Yannick and Rick always called me Chantilly. So um, I thought it was fitting to name a marina that was going to welcome families and small children and, you know, spread joy and good cheer. And, I mean, who's not happy having an ice cream on a hot summer day, right? So um, I thought it was fitting. And we actually, I used our um, English bulldog, Duke, who's made a few appearances on the product. 
Um, he's the he's the face of the logo, so it's really charming, and I wanted it to feel like going back in time, you know, even though, um, excuse me. <coughs> Even though, you know, I, I purchased the marina in 2018, I designed it and created it and, you know, set the whole tone and energy for people to feel like they were having a trip down memory lane, even with some of the product that we sell and carry some of the candies and, you know, Cracker Jack popcorn and you know, just all the things that kids might not encounter, you know, in 2019, 2020, 2021. So it's been a blast. It, it, I have so much fun. I, you know, I thought, oh, great, I'm going to buy this business and it'll be an extra revenue stream. Um, it's cost me so much money. <laughs> the building was 63 years old. We bought it. and The other owner had had it for 25 years. And I, um, I don't think he put one penny into it um, in <laughs> probably the, the last decade we owned it. Um, so it's really my own personal money pit of joy. <laughs> But I, I, like I said, it is so much fun. So we, we love it. We love having it. We love uh, being able to. And, you know, again, you know, kind of like with Murdoch, who knew that in 2020 we were all going to be, you know, coming out of lockdown and kids were going to not have been school at school and socializing and with their friends and, you know, uh, extenuating um, their family and, and all the things, right? So it was really awesome last year to be able to give people that opportunity of normalcy, you know, like to still pull up with their boat come out, get their regular ice cream that they love to get, see Duke, give them a pat, you know, say hi to, you know, cottage neighbors. So it, it's just it's just been this, like, little, uh, little blessing for sure. So you were able to have a season last summer. Well, yeah, we uh, were fortunate in that well, we sell gas, so that made us essential. Plus, when I took over the marina, um, I, I made a part of the building into a mini grocery store because, you know, uh, for anybody who has a lake house or has ever, you know, gone, you know, a few hours outside of a major city, it can sometimes be hard to get things, you know, and once you're up there and you're like, oh, darn, you know, I thought I brought the sour cream, but I didn't. Let's go just hop in the boat and go over and grab it from Chantilly's place. So um, because of those two elements, we were able to be open, at, you know, safely. Like, we didn't let anybody in the store until mid to end July and even then we did you know what a lot of stores are doing we limited capacity and people had masks on and my staff had masks on and we were wiping down every surface and just you know keeping um, keeping a very very high level of cleanliness and sanitation so we yeah we were able to open and we actually our our business went up 32 percent last year because oh, wow. people were living at their cottages normally you know kids are at summer camp in 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 Toronto and certainly north of the city kids are you know so it's parents are splitting their time between their city home and their cottages but families had moved up there uh, you know as early as march when the lockdowns first started to happen so um people were ready you know people were ready to get out of their cottages and to see other people so yeah we had a great we had a great season and you know it seems i'm almost a little bit guilty to say that but you know we again just super good luck and and good fortune that that was our experience well chantel i you're involved in so many things i feel like we're just scratching the surface but we have to wrap it up and i always let guests um share with listeners where they can find out about more about you and uh about yannick and and uh your kids and and everything that you're involved in all of your work past present and future do you have a website <laughs> 
I do, I do, and I can thank my mom who came over from Europe and was taught how to spell things the way they sound. So it's Chantel Bisson, but it's Chantel S H A N T E L L E Bisson dot com, and that's my handle on all social media. Um, my Facebook actually is Chantel Bisson Official. And you can find me there and through me on Instagram. You'll easily find Yannick. And if you follow Yannick, you can easily find me um, via him. And the book, uh, the first book, Raising Your Kids Without Losing Your Cool, is available, obviously, on Amazon. Um, I've heard telltale that it's in some Walmart stores, so that's pretty That's pretty cool. Well, and excellent. the second book, Parenting Your Teens Without Losing Your Cool, will also be available on, on all the Amazons. Well, on May 26th. My 31st wedding anniversary. So it's bound to mean good luck, right? Well, yeah, it looks like uh, looks like you don't have any trouble attracting good luck. Um, Chantel, thanks so much for spending this time with me. I've really enjoyed it. Well, Tom, thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you for your patience with all the technical difficulties we've had today. My goodness. Baby
And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All oh, the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Hello, Mutter. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters And the lake has alligators And the head coach wants no sissies So he reads to us from something called Ulysses Now I don't want this should scare you But my bunkmate has malaria You remember Jeffrey Hardy they're about to organize a searching party. Take me home, oh Madafada, take me home. I hate Granada, don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home, I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys oh please don't make me stay i've been here one whole day <laughs> dearest father darling mother how's my precious little brother let me come home if you miss me I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me. Wait a minute. It stopped hailing. Guys are swimming. Guys are sailing. Playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Mata Fada, kindly disregard this letter. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. <laughs> What's what's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. <laughs> what kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potatoes? salad. I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find the meat for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. (laughs) Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snobby. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy? Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. 
Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. Hey, that wraps it up for uh, today's Friday edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to uh, all my guests on the show today. Interesting guests, too, by the way. Um, Starting with this past hour with author, celebrity wife, mom, and marina owner Chantal Bisson, married to uh, Yannick Bisson, um, probably best known for uh, his 14 seasons playing William Murdoch, the Murdoch Mysteries. And uh, before that, a fascinating conversation about biblical versus Eastern meditation with brain expert Dr. Uh, Timothy R. Jennings. And uh, I think we'd like to have him back and talk a little bit more about the impacts of meditation on the brain and so on. And we started out this morning uh, with what parents should know before the AP exams in May for 2021 and how uh, the pandemic has impacted the college board with their senior uh, director, counselor of engage or, uh, and counselor engagement, Lori Benton started off the show but there's smoking george winters tickling the ivories that lets me know it's time to take off for the living room for the weekend but uh i'll be back monday morning we're going to talk about small businesses and how they're going to rebound and so on with eric groves and much more good night everybody the program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. 
most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.